Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is episode 172 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I'm joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. Maggie is on vacation this week, so we have a two-woman pod. Um, But God bless Maggie. She gets to be saved from talking about the New York Mets, who (laughs) are still bad, (laughs) as it turns out. Um, Yeah, nothing's changed there. Nothing's changed. Um, the Mets White Sox series was as chaotic as uh, as we expected when we talked with our White Sox fan friends <laughs> last week. We talked about the two teams having a mid off, and boy, did they have a mid off! Yeah, um, especially in that first game. Um, it, like that both was... teams tried to, like the White Sox made an attempt but failed and then the Mets tried made an attempt to lose and failed. Right. It was like it, it wasn't even like who won, it was like who lost harder. Yes. Um and the White Sox lost just a little harder than the yeah. Mets. Um and the Mets edged it out eleven to ten. They were ahead like by many runs at multiple points. And yeah. the White Sox came back. Um came it? almost all the way back. I think they scored five runs and was it the seventh or eighth inning? Yeah, I think it was the eighth. Yeah, where all of a sudden the bullpen just couldn't record an out. Yeah. Um, and like it must have been a full moon or something because there were like four games that day 
where both teams scored double digit runs. And that was like the first time that had happened in some ungodly amount of time. Like it was either like ever or like since a very long time ago. Oh, I, I did the morning the news that day and I linked to that. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. And, but- and three of the four games I think that that was true for were 11 to 10. Yes. Yes, it was. It was really weird. It was a good thing the Mets bullpen was bad because then the record never would have been set for that day. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so the Mets ultimately beat the White Sox two out of three. Um, but then they turned around and, uh, lost two out of three to the Red Sox to culminate the week of Sox. Um, and yeah, the pitching is bad again. It seems they had like a decent stretch during that, like six game winning streak where like the pitching was good. Like, like Carlos Carrasco had that one amazing outing against the Diamondbacks where he threw like eight shutout innings or whatever it was. Yes, yes. And I was like, oh, the pitching's finally getting its act together. No, 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 no. No. They just, I don't, I mean, Jose Quintana was fine. Yeah, he was fine. It's fine for his first outing back. Um, But it's just, they're not consistent you think oh maybe we can go on a little run and then it's no and both scherzer and verlander keep alternating really good starts with really bad ones yeah and it's like it's so maddening because it's like it's it's almost worse than them being out and out bad because it's like every once in a while like every other start you see the vintage scherzer or the vintage verlander they each had they each had a good start during this during this stretch of games and they each had a bad one this the, in the second half so far um you know verlander had that start where he walked six guys which was like a career high for him um it matched a career high he had done it like two other times before in his career i think um and then max scherzer matched his career high in in home runs allowed in a game he gave up four bombs in one game and during the red sox series um, which is just not going to get it done. And the frustrating thing about that is that the Mets almost came back and won that game. They scored like four runs in the ninth inning. And well, if Scherzer had even kept the ball in the ballpark a little bit, they might have won that game. Well, and everybody keeps like making the joke, like, oh, if only Scherzer was Pete's pitcher in the home run derby. It's like, that's always been... Scherzer's issue has always been the long ball. It's just he's been good enough where they were mostly solo shots. And now that's not, that's definitely not the case. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the breaking point Um, the other day was on Saturday night was he, you know, up until whatever inning it was, the sixth, I think. He had given up three solo shots. Yeah. So, like, you know, sure, three home runs is not good, but it you can still get a quality start out of that. You give up three solo shots and nothing else in six innings of work. Like, yeah, is that ace level performance? Not really, but is it enough to keep your team in the game? Yes. If he had done that, the Mets would have won that game. Um, and so, you know, then but then in the sixth. He gave up that two-run homer. He had to give up that one last homer, yeah. and it was a two-run homer, and that is what broke them. Now, obviously, Trevor Gott didn't have to come in and pour gasoline on the fire. That didn't help. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is this is the situation where, like, the Mets think, like, Trevor Gott is good because clearly they paid all this money to get him. Um, Billy Epler clearly thinks Trevor Gott is good, and he has been awful. 
Like you, not only did they acquire Trevor God, they paid Chris Flexen to go away to keep Trevor God. Right. And it's like, I, I don't, I mean, sure. If that works, then fine. But why didn't you just sign a free agent reliever for that money? You could have signed literally Trevor got <laughs> or keep flexing and see if he turns into something. I just don't. Oh, I don't understand. Nobody in the bullpen is good besides David Robertson anymore. And they're just going to trade him. And then it's going to be so painful. Because there's not going to be a single good like like even Ottavino like he's been okay but he he has not been as good as he was last year or even really close he's been like no. kind of mediocre although was- I mean I'm kind of okay with Peterson in the bullpen sure he's been okay he's been better be bullpen Peterson has been better than starter Peterson although I I if only because I have to watch of- less of him yes. <laughs> That's positive number one. And positive number two, we're grading on a curve here. <laughs> like he, that one, that one appearance, he like wriggled in and out of trouble and managed to not give up anything, but not without base runners, which is his whole, like his whole shtick. But he um, puts the, I think he struck out two. Yes. In one inning yesterday or whenever it was. So, I mean, again, you're getting a mixed bag with Peterson, but if he's your long man, I, that could work, I think. Maybe. Yeah, sure. That's I mean, fine. now's the time to figure it out. You're you're gonna miss the playoffs anyway, so yeah. see if maybe that's doable. Yeah, they have to figure it out because they they have to figure it out for next year. <laughs> um, and Tyler McGill is not the answer. No, he's gonna. And Tyler McGill, in case you haven't been paying attention, is getting bombed in AAA. By the way, like absolutely shellacked. Yeah, like not even close to being anything. Like he's not a major leaguer right no. now. No, he's not even a triple A right now. Right, right. Like he's just getting absolutely annihilated at triple A. So he's not an option for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, it's not good. Um, and the and they and they might deal Verlander, which I mean, sure, fine, whatever. But like. They're just gonna be unwatchable. There's not gonna be enough pitchers to pitch these games. But then, what do they do next year? I don't know. Somebody, I don't know. Um, like surprisingly, Verlander is drawing some interest from teams, which I did not expect. Um, okay. but the but rumor has it that he is is drawing interest uh from teams uh including the Giants for example or a team that was specifically named as interested in Verlander um but there's kind of two things involved here one Verlander has would have to waive his no trade clause which most of the time these stars when they get traded they will waive their no trade clause cuz they want to go to a contender and they want to win a ring so, but I don't, but you, you know, it's still a wild card. You never know. He could be like, I don't want to go like, meh. I don't want to move again. Like, I don't want to deal with this. So, um, there's that, uh, he'd have to waive his no trade clause. And in order to get anything of value, the Mets would have to eat like basically the entire contract. So I, I don't know. And do we trust Billy Epler? to get anything back at this point like he he wanted trevor god 
This is this is yeah. who he evaluate. This is what his expertise is getting you. So yep. can can he handle a trade of a of a Verlander caliber when you can't even handle a trade of a Trevor Gott caliber or a Darren Ruff caliber? Yes, or like this is like. He, you know, with the free agent signings and stuff, he's done, he did the obvious things. Obviously, like, you know, the team has not performed to expectations, but I don't think anyone really had major gripes with the moves he made this offseason, except for on the margins, really. He did the obvious things, but, like, his he has not made a good trade yet. No. All his trades have been really, really bad. Really bad. Um, I mean, I guess the jury's still out of like the Escobar trade, but sure, is that really going to get you excited? Is that really moving the organization forward? I don't know. And it's like, I, I mean, it's like we said, we talked about this the last time we talked about trade deadline stuff. It's like the last time the Mets sold at the deadline, they got Drew Smith, and that's the only player in all those trades of any sort of consequence that has occurred. Um, like, like if you're trading Verlander, it has to be like a Carlos Beltran for Zach Wheeler trade where you, it's like this can't miss prospect that, you know, will be in the majors in a year or two. Even but, David, even David Robertson should garner a better prospect. Yeah. Than yeah. Smith in theory, because That's true. He was dealt for a better prospect than Drew Smith last year. Or than Drew Smith was at the time he was a prospect, to be clear. Obviously, Drew Smith, as he is now, is like more valuable than like a prospect you don't know he's gonna be a major leaguer. Like Drew Smith isn't he's a middle reliever, he's not much, but like at least he has a track record of major league success, I suppose. Though being like, serviceable, we'll put it that way. We'll be generous. But he's been actually pretty bad lately, but that's kind of beside the point. But, like, David Robertson was dealt for something of value last deadline, and he's been even better this year than he was last year to this point. So he's, like, the Mets, probably the Mets' most valuable trade chip um, alongside Tommy Pham, but Tommy Pham is, like, kind of hurt still. He has this, like, groin issue that he hasn't gone on the IL for, but, like, has sat a bunch of games and... Obviously, like, that's never going to do favors for your trade value. Um, So it's really David Robertson who's their most valuable trade. I know everybody on Mets Twitter is like, trade Vogelbach. Who wants Vogelbach? I mean, honestly. You are not going to get anything for Daniel Vogelbach. (laughs) No. And the Mets have to have someone take these at-bats. They have to fill their roster with somebody. They already are stretched thin as it is, because Luis Guillorme just went on the injured list. He injured his calf um, on, on Saturday, um, fielding a ball, and it looked like he's going to be out for quite a while. He it, The injury looked bad. He was in a walking boot after the game. Like, this is the sort of thing that's, like, weeks, not days, um, if not months. Um, and so, and Tommy Pham is dealing with this like tweaked groin and Starling Marte is still on the injured list with migraines. So meanwhile, you have DJ Stewart left fielder, (laughs) um, which is not, not ideal (laughs) unless you want to see that for the whole rest of the season. Um, like, and Danny Mendick playing like, you know, regularly, you can't keep trading 
position players. I know Dan Vogelbach's a DH, but you can't keep trading away guys from your roster. But I mean, you I honestly wouldn't care if I knew they would give Mauricio a shot at maybe even just DHing, but it seems like they're finding every excuse not to call him up. So he needs to meet his developmental targets. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> meet his developmental targets. But then all of a sudden, if there's a, if, if they do make a trade of a position player and there is a vacated space off the, on the roster, all of a sudden Mauricio will have met his developmental targets mm-hmm. magically overnight. I'm sure. Um, yeah. When you're calling up Danny Mendick over Ronnie Mauricio, I don't know why that's an organizational policy, but for some reason it is. Yeah. It's odd. Like, at this point, I don't care. Like, who cares? The season's going nowhere. See, we have him more easy. Unless they're nervous, he's going to tank his trade value. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they, I, their excuse that they keep making is that he's adjusting to playing second base and outfield. So they want him to adjust to it. But it's like, well, you know what the Mets could use? Like a second baseman and an outfielder? <laughs> like, yeah. Things <laughs> that the Mets could use right now. <laughs> yeah funny you should mention that <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean not that i'm like not that i'm like hype about like Ron- not that i think ronnie mauricio is the savior in the future or anything but might as well at this point yeah. they have nothing to lose have. there's the, like any any at bats you give to danny mendick are just like th- like opportunities flush down the toilet mm-hmm. um and as much as i and probably like the biggest Mark Vientos hater, like on the face of the earth. He's at least he's here now, and like maybe he'll get more playing time once guys are traded. Um, like in August, Vientos, Beatty, Alvarez, and Mauricio should all be seeing regular bats because if you don't see what you have now in a season that's lost. Do you want them getting crucial at bats next year when you're hopefully in contention? Yeah. Mark so Vientos he, has not inspired confidence. You, so this way you can find out, oh, we need a bat at DH because yes. Vientos is not the answer. It is not it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or Mauricio. I mean, it, could yeah. he be your DH? You don't know. Right. I'd find out. Right. Like, clearly, Francisco Alvarez is the starting catcher. Yes. Of the future. That is obvious. Brett Beatty is probably the third baseman moving forward. Probably. Um, yeah, Mark Vientos has not yet established himself as part of the answer for the future, but he still can, you know. Can. It's not a lot of at bats yet. Um, but he's looked pretty pretty overmatched at the major yeah. league level. He didn't inspire much last season either. So no. he oh. strikes out so much. If only you could have, you know, maybe uh, traded him at last year's deadline before mm. he tanked all his value. But you know what? That's neither here or there. Yeah, would have been cool. Um, so yeah, it's not fun. I mean, like, there's still one week basically before the trade deadline. If the Mets win seven games in a row or something. Six games? I don't know how many games there actually are for the trade deadline. I think it is only like five games because of this stupid Yankees series that uh. two games, and then there's off days on either side of it for some reason, even though there's not travel. <laughs> no. <laughs> um 
these like weird two game subway series. I hate them so much. I do too. Um, so I guess there's like five games between now and the trade deadline. They could rip off five wins in a row and then suddenly not be sellers. I don't know, but it seems unlikely. It seems like they're going to sell at this point, as they should. So we're in for a fun, a fun second half, uh, the rest of the second half, especially with this bullpen without David Robertson in it. That should be a grand old time. Yeah. I mean, there's really no point to hang on to him because Diaz will be back next season. But I like him. I do too. <laughs> and I know he and he said he doesn't want to go. I know. Which is also very sweet. I know. I'd be <laughs> sad. I'm gonna be sad. And I'm gonna be sad if they trade Marcana too. I know. No, I'm, you are not allowed to trade Marcana. I'm be devastated if they trade Marcana. He's like one of the only like like players left to root for that's fun. I know. Like, the good dude quotient already went down when Escobar got traded. How many good dudes are gonna go? I know. Like, I'm excited to... Like, Francisco Alvarez is a reason to tune in, like, always. Like, he's... he, I At least in this shitstorm of a season, like, he is kind of the biggest bright side by far. And Kodai Sanga um, being legit good um, yeah. helps a lot. But yeah, I, mean, I know it's not the same, but it kind of feels like when Grandy got traded. Like this feels a lot like 2017. This it does. does. Oh, it mirrors 2017 in a big way. Um, it has Robertson is this year's Addison Reed. Yeah, it's it really feels like 2017. A team that you know the team the year before, although like. The 2016 Mets and the 2022 Mets are a little different in the sense that the 2016 Mets kind of snuck into the playoffs. Yeah, I had but, no joy watching the 2016 Mets. But, you know, they got bounced in the wild card, just like the 2022 Mets. And then the next season was filled with expectations. Like, you thought that that team would be good again. I don't think that people thought the 2017 Mets would be as good as people thought the 2023 Mets were going to be. But I think that people thought that they would at least be in contention. Yeah. And everything went wrong, and everybody got hurt, and it was awful, and Michael Conforto's shoulder exploded. And, oh. Um, yeah, and by the way, that happened in August, I think, right? It did, I think so, so yeah. So that, that moment is still to come for the 2023. <laughs> <laughs> well, then who's this year's Duda? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's setting up to be a very similar season in the sense that it's very underwhelming. They're going to trade a bunch of the fan favorites, probably. Um, and they're going to get Drew Smith maybe or something <laughs> this year's drew smith i don't know i oh, hope they get something better than that but I don't know. Drew, drew smith still was very sweet when he got traded and said he wanted to you know live up to being worthy of lucas duda i was like no the other day someone tweeted about the we follow lucas duda yes and was like only real ones remember and i was like it's me i'm a real me. one i remember <laughs> i remember Oh, I love that. Yeah. I hope Randy and Dude are doing well wherever they are. Yeah. I hope Curtis Granderson and Lucas Duda are both having a good day. Me too. Like, one of my fa- still one of my favorite baseball memories, and it will always be, was that season after Duda was traded 
Um, it was in September. The Orioles were playing the Rays and he got traded to the Rays. And so I went really early, like to Camden Yards for batting practice. And I made a sign that said, we follow Lucas Duda and wrote like, we miss you in New York on it. And I wore like, I forget whether I wore like a mess shirt and an Orioles hat or the other way around, but I wore like dual Mets Orioles gear. Um, and Lucas Duda saw my sign and threw me a baseball that I still have to this day. And it's Aww. one of my favorite possessions because it makes me happy. Well, I've had my, my Facebook memories reminded me I was at a game, I think yesterday. It was recent. It was either yesterday or Saturday. And it was in 2017. And um, I remember it was the last time I saw Duda Grandy. Because we all knew they were going to get traded. So I was like, oh, I have to go and say goodbye to everybody. Yep. And it's an awful feeling going it to the ballpark. And it is being awful. Like, this is it. <laughs> this is the last time. Like, yeah. and I'm not going to, I'm not going to get that really. Because like, I haven't really been to a game since... When's the last time I, I went to the Mets Padres game when they were in San Diego, and that's the last game I went to. And I'm not going to a game again until the until the 12th of August. So I'm not. Yeah, like the guys will already be gone by the time I go again. Aww. And then I'm going to a couple games in September, which Lord yeah. help me, it's going to be bleak, bleak scenes by then. Um, maybe maybe Edwin Diaz will be back. I don't know. No, just take your time, man. I mean, as much as I want to hear the trumpets, it's not worth it. Yeah, probably not. But I need I, I, I need the serotonin. Yes. Need, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I need the little serotonin. Hit. That little boost. The little <laughs> boost, please. Um, oh, Simple yeah. Man came on my Spotify the other day. I was like, can I listen to it? And I was like, eh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that Still song can't do it. that song is banned for a while, for forever from my playlists. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a sucky it's a sucky feeling. Um, we haven't been in the Mets haven't been in this position really since since 2017. Um, and it sucks, and especially when you didn't expect to be in this position. Yeah, it's one thing when you know your team's not going to be good. Um, I'm probably gonna sell off some guys, but it's another thing when you didn't didn't at all expect to be here, and here we are. Um, so this is kind of the pre bracing ourselves for the trade deadline podcast, and then by, by the time we podcast next week, trades probably will have already happened or will be rumored very strongly by that point. Yeah, like the the ball, the buzzwords we'll be picking up at that point. Yeah, momentum. There's momentum whatever momentum toward a deal. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It's I mean, it's like in order of likelihood, it's probably like David Robertson, number one, Tommy Pham, number two, maybe like Verlander three, Canna four, and then sort of like wild card everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, like random random team. Yeah. Will want like some random player, and it's like, oh, okay, didn't see that one coming. Siri, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> My watch is just like, I'm not sure I understand. And I was like, that's because I'm not talking to you. Watch, way to bomb my podcast. 
Yeah, so take multiple seats, Yuri. Yeah, seriously. Um. So yeah, it's the Mets situation. It's not fun, but you know we soldier on. <laughs> yeah, there's always and then there's always next year the life of a Mets fan. R.I.P. the 2023 Mets. Yes. Um. We'll check in back in with the Mets next next week when we find out who's been traded. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In lieu of like a true baseball segment this week, um... I figured um, we would do kind of more of just a women's sports generally segment. Um, We got an email recently from a listener. Shout out to Mary Ellen for sending this email um, about uh, WNBA players having to fly commercial instead of charter flights that the NBA players get. Um, And I can speak from experience that this is true for the NWSL players as well. Um, I was, you know, when I flew to San Diego um, to see the Mets play the Padres, the Washington Spirit were also playing the San San Diego. They were playing the San Diego Wave and the Spirit players were on my flight in coach with like one of them sat right behind me. Like they were all there on the flight, just in coach with us plebs, the rest of us. Um, I mean, while that's insanely cool for you, that still should not be happening. <laughs> I know. I was so torn between feeling like like nerding out and like and like, you know, fangirling and being really excited to like simmering rage of like this shouldn't actually be happening. Like <laughs> um, and you know, obviously like MLB players, NBA players, men's soccer players, they all get these like private planes to their games. And meanwhile, the women are just flying in coach. Like, it's just, it's frustrating. Well, and um, you know, 
um, I mean, it has it, a lot of that similar discourse was brought up when Brittany Griner got arrested in Russia. She has to supplement her income in the off season. NBA yeah. players don't have to go over to play in Russia. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, like women's uh professional athletes often have like second jobs. Like either they're either they're playing their sport all year round, even in the off season to supplement their income, or they have like straight up another job or yeah. both. Um, because they can't afford to live on their salary as a professional athlete, which is wild to think about when you think about what men's professional athletes make, even like league minimum. You yeah. make more than enough to live a comfortable life. Yeah. Like if you're a rookie in the NBA, you don't see them doing going elsewhere to play. I mean, some of them do play in like the summer league, but other than that, they don't they need don't to for to. the income. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing it to like get their reps in. And the stuff. reps in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this, this conversation is timely because the, and a bit of a preview of my walk-off win, uh, but it's uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup just started. Um, and whenever the the Women's World Cup is happening, uh, there is pay gap discourse always mm-hmm. um, about the pay gap between women's and men's sports is front and center during this World Cup because, um, you know, uh, female soccer players earn 25 cents to the dollar of men at the World Cup. And this is with the gains that the U.S. women's national team has made toward equal pay. Um, they are even still underpaid compared to the men. Um, you know, well, and, and it's not even just the United worse. States. So yeah, I was going to say it's worldwide. Right. So this is like aggregate. Um, we're talking about 25 cents to the dollar, um, you know, across all of the teams in the World Cup. Um, the women compared to the men. Obviously, in the United States, there's been a very public battle um, between the U.S. Women's National Team and the U.S. Soccer Federation um, about equal pay, equal working conditions. And they have won some they're not, you know, we're not there yet, but they have won some major victories in that regard. Um, And they are able to because they've had so much success on the field. They are able to back it up with look at all the World Cups we've won. The men have zero World Cups. Mm -hmm. The U.S. men have zero World Cups. The U.S. women have four World Cups and are trying to three-peat the World Cup this summer. So they are way more successful than the men and were paid less than the men. Um, And it's not a revenue thing either. The women draw plenty in the United States. Um, And it's getting more and more um, with each successive World Cup. Um, and the United States is not the only country for which this is true. In Canada, the women's team has outperformed the men's team as far as results in on the international stage. Um, and they get paid way less than the men. Way, 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 way less. Um, and they are currently, you know, in a similar battle with their federation um, as are nations like Jamaica and Haiti. A lot like smaller nations that are trying to get on the map. And it's a lot harder when you when you just simply the women's program does not have the resources they have the talent they have the players they don't have the resources and that's why they have not been able to be competitive at on the on the international stage and that's why in the women's game there's so much less parity 
than there is in the men's game. In the men's game, you know, you get a bunch of different countries that have won World Cups before um, because the men are given all of the resources that they need to succeed. But, I mean, is viewership really that, like, the advertising money? I'm sure that's still there. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's money to invest in these sports. It just comes down to the will to do it. Absolutely. Like, if you are paying attention, and this is, again, this is not just in America. If you are paying attention to this World Cup at all, you can see that there is interest in women's sports. People want to watch women's sports. Like, it's very obvious based on how the World Cup does as far as, like, TV viewers. Well, even the WNBA, that's fastly growing now, too. And the NWSL, the Women's Soccer League in America, um, the domestic uh, professional soccer league. Um, the, The Women's World Cup has an estimated worldwide audience of more than 1 billion viewers. Oh 1 billion. <laughs> That's nuts. That's one of the biggest sporting events on the planet. That outpaces, you know, all the major domestic men's sports leagues. Of the, like That outpaces worldwide, that outpaces the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the NBA Finals, the World Series, by a lot, by a lot, by like orders of magnitude. Billions of people. women's sports yeah (laughs) people care about this like and it's just so frustrating and like it's yes the like the prize the amount of prize money that the women are earning is growing but in like in 2022 the amount of prize money that was doled out to the men was 440 million dollars like, you know, across the entire thing. Um, in this World Cup, the amount of prize money that will be doled out to the women is $110 million. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's not even close. Yeah. So, they will, women w- receive, will receive cumulatively $330 million less than the men. For this world. I mean, then even look at, you know, these contracts the men get playing in Saudi Arabia now. Like, women could never compete with that. Like, um, the contract Ronaldo just signed. They're going to go where the money is and, you know, human rights be damned to go play in Saudi Arabia. Like, there's I mean, I know FIFA's also very corrupt. <laughs> yes, extremely. <laughs> organization, but the, the money's there. Let's put it that way. The money is absolutely there. <laughs> it's just, it's go whose pockets it's going into is the bigger question. Like, some of these players, like, like the, like the Jamaicans, for example, like, weren't paid till like two years later oh my god it's it by by their federation and that's where they're fighting with them they just like they straight up just aren't getting their paycheck that they are owed it's really it's really really bad um and so yeah like the their gains that have been made um in equity in sport when it comes to giving women's sports the resources that and the investment that they deserve 
but there is still a long way to go when you have professional athletes flying in coach yeah and you have these training facilities that are not adequate that are not the same level as the men or even close and you have you know the women getting doled out a fourth of the bonus money from the world cup that the men are given i don't even know how you fix it at this point because there has to be a will from the people up top to fix it and that's just not fair yeah like canada's soccer uh cnn found that when they looked at canada soccer's financial accounts that the canada soccer federation spent more than double on men's soccer teams in 2021 than women's teams more than double it's not just more it's twice as much like so it's not just like the pay the pay is one thing the pay is the most public part obviously because it's just like it's easily quantifiable to look at like just salary numbers um which are important but that's not the entire picture. It's the investment in the product. It's the investment in the training facilities um, and the conditions and the travel, um, not having them fly coach, like like these sorts of things um, matter just as much as the salary. Yeah, if you like, you know, getting the best equipment, getting the best coaches, that all makes a difference too. Exactly. Um. And there's and like, you know, it they the the U.S. women talked about this, uh, you know, during the Olympics and during the last World Cup. But like when you're fighting with your federation, as many of these teams are doing right now, like it distract it, it distracts from your performance yeah. in, in the World Cup. Like you're trying to win the literal World Cup and people are talking about this instead of the instead of the amazing play on the field. Or then you get asked about it instead of uh, scoring a goal in the World Cup. They have to answer questions about pay, which is what you don't what you're not there for. And you're stressed out about it, thinking about it, thinking about your upcoming like, you know, meeting that you have to have with the Federation to fight with them again. And then you have to go out and wear your team's colors and represent your country. And you know, you're this this battle is going on inside you as you're trying to perform at the absolute highest level. It's it's unfair to put this all on them. Yet that's what they're doing. We can then if they lose, then you know, then that just gives the the federations an excuse not to invest in them more. Right. It's like see, yeah, see, we gave you a little bit of money and you placed it away. So why should we give you more? So th- there's that pressure too. Like if we fail, will our money go away now? But anyway, I uh, it give it still gives me hope though the progress that has been made, and um, I'm watching and watching the enthusiasm at least, um, even if it hasn't always translated to actual like gains legally. Um, just watching people get so excited for this tournament, um, yeah, does give me give me hope. So, um, well, and that's why growing up as a kid, that was one of the reasons why I liked the Olympics so much because it was one of the only times I ever got to see women compete. 
Right. Because there was no WNBA or there was no, mm-hmm. you know, I never, you know, they didn't show softball. They didn't, I mean, they showed tennis, but that I didn't really care about tennis as a kid. So, you know, that kind of stuck with me. I'm like, wow, look at these awesome women. They can play sports too. Yeah. And so um, I more exposure women's sports get too can help a new generation of girls coming up. Always. And I I mean, like, there's a confluence of factors that goes into, like, what sport you gravitate toward as a kid. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it, like what your parents enjoy and put you in, what you what like sports you watched on TV or like what, you know, what you feel like you're good at, you just end up sticking with it or whatever. But for me, I think a huge part of why I became a soccer player and why soccer has been like my primary, even though baseball is like my primary, like fandom sport. I played like one season of softball in my entire life, like sixth grade, I think. And I was awful at it. And I just, it was not for me. Playing was not for me. Watching for me, playing, not for me, but the reason why I play, started playing soccer when I was a little kid and stuck with it for my entire life up until I tore my ACL last year oh. is because like women, per, like being a professional soccer player as a woman was like a viable dream to have. Yeah. Because I could see Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy and Christine Lilly and Michelle Akers doing it. Like I would I watched the US women's national team and I thought to myself, like, I could do that. And that was that's really like the only sport for which that was true when we were kids. Yeah. And there was no NWSL back then. There was no domestic professional league, but at least on the international level, you could see women playing professional sports and you could see them playing in the World Cup. And you could say, I want to do that. I can do that. And then that again was only every four years. Like I love Mia Hamm and Brandy Chastain. Like yeah. I love them. But again, you only saw the like they disappeared every four yep. years. You couldn't follow their careers. Yep. Nope. Because there was no domestic league. Um, no. And, and I mean, there was a few iterated. Like finally, the NWSL is successful and growing, and I'm so pleased because this is really the first iteration of women's professional soccer that has actually thrived and is expanding and adding teams and not constantly under the threat of contraction Um, because, you know, they've tried multiple times to have a domestic women's soccer league and it has folded every time. I think this is like the third or fourth attempt and it's finally successful after all these attempts Um, in part because they're finally putting money into it. Not a lot, but there are like, you know, like ownership groups that are major names with major wealth. Yeah, it makes a difference. Investment makes a difference. Yes. So, um, yeah, still a lot of work to do, though, And but I'm excited to get to watch this World Cup um, and, you know, kind of take a month where the Mets aren't the only thing I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, nice to take a mental break from the Mets. <laughs> it really is. Um, that said... Um, but this is a reason to stay invested in the 2023 Mets, even after the trade deadline, which is that, um, 
I'm I, we are very pleased to announce officially on the pod that the date for 2023 dollars for dingers has been finalized. It will be September 30th at Ebbs at City Field at four o'clock p.m. Yeah, be there, people. Be there, people. We already have so many cool raffle prizes lined up for you guys. I can't even say them all. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 mum's the word. I'm, I'm silent for now. Um, but we already have in our hot little hands many fun prizes with many more still to to come. So we're very excited. Obviously, we will do the same thing we do every year, which is that on September one, it will be the official start of our campaign, and for and we'll ask folks to we'll set up our our trusty old Google spreadsheet. Um, and for every Mets home run hit during the month of September, folks will pledge to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, who was so awesome enough this year, by the way, to give us our very own like special donation link. So mm-hmm. we'll have our very own like special URL and landing page for um for dollars for dingers donors only. Which um, should the- make it a lot easier for everybody. Everybody involved. Uh for you guys to you guys don't have to remember like I ask you when I bother you in your emails <laughs> and your DMs every year to say remember to put a pot of their own dollars for dingers in the donation line. <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore. Nope. It'll all be tracked in one place. So it'll be easy for you. You'll just have to click the link that we give you and you just put in your pledge amount and you'll be good to go. You don't Done have to deal. anything else. Done deal. Um, and we'll be able to use that link for uh, the for the money that uh, that uh, we're making at the raffle, too. So, um, yeah, we're very excited. It should be the best dollars for dingers yet. We can't wait. Um, we so, want to yeah. top our goal from last year, people. So keep that in mind. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, hopefully the the Mets have their hitting shoes on and Pete Alonzo gets those home runs going again. Cause yeah, rest up it. that wrist now. Pete. Yeah, rest <laughs> up that wrist and Francisco Alvarez. We need we need his uh, we need his prodigious bombs um for September. So uh yeah, we're we're really excited. Um obviously we will give a lot more details as we get closer, but we want you all to mark your calendars now, September 30th at Ebbs. And that is a Mets home game against the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and if you want to buy ticket, if you want to show up to our fundraiser and also buy tickets uh, to the game, that is perfectly fine. The fundraiser will be over before the game begins, so you'll be able to funnel on into the stadium if you want to stay stick is around. Is there for a the giveaway game. or anything for that day? Um, is there a promotion? Because that worked I think out there's well. There's like a I... headband, a Mets headband. Oh, because it was I think Gary Cohen bobblehead last year. Was yeah, that... which was it did drive huge traffic. It did last year. it did. That was a really good giveaway last year. No, I think it is a promotion, but it's not quite as exciting as a Gary Cohen bobblehead. That said, there may or may not be Gary Cohen bobbleheads as one of the raffle prizes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, just in theory, there might be. In theory, there might be those Gary Cohen bobbleheads. Um, so yeah, uh, see you all. Yes, it's a tie-dye headband. Yes, it's a (laughs) tie-dye headband. You know what? Still cool. I'm excited. I'll rock it. I don't care. Let's go. Um, and so, it's yeah. for all fans in attendance, so you are guaranteed one, unlike the Gary Cohen bobblehead. It's true. It's true. You will get a tie-dye headband. So um, there's no excuse not to go at this point. I'm hearing no downsides here. No downsides. Uh, Dollars <laughs> for Dingers 2023, September 30th, 4 p.m. Ebbs, be there. More details to come. 
But in the meantime, um, we will end the show this week like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. I kind of ruined mine already, so I guess I'll start. You can go for week. it. Um, so my walk-off win is the start of the Women's World Cup. Um, this is uh, this is the only thing I get as excited about um, sports-wise as the Mets. Like, literally the only thing. Um so it's like kind of like my Christmas and it only happens like once every four years as opposed to the Mets happen every year. <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> for us, sometimes the Mets do happen every year. There is more yet more Mets. Um, but the Women's World Cup only comes around once every four years. So um, it started last week um, and the U.S. Women's National Team won their first game um, in the group stage, which was expected. <laughs> um, and so it's. It's it's weird. I I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it is a very weird juxtaposition rooting for this team and it's like the only way I can conceive what being a Yankees fan must be like because it's like the oh. team wins all the time. Like yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, they don't win the World Cup every time, obviously. They only have 4. The, the 4 is a lot, but um it's not every single one. They haven't won every single World Cup, but it's kind of like it's the the same way that the Yankees make the playoffs every year. And if they don't make the playoffs, it's like, oh, my God, what a disaster. Like, that's what rooting for the U.S. Women's National Team is like. Like, if they don't get out of the group stage of the World Cup, that would be like an epic disaster. It would be like a nightmare. Whereas for the Mets, it's just like, oh, didn't make the playoffs. Another Mets season. Oh, <laughs> um. <laughs> um. But yeah, for the first uh, game, Michael and I went to a beer garden and we brought the dog and I drank beer out of a giant boot and <laughs> I just had a grand old time. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to sort of take advantage of that for these first two games because they're at like a normal time East Coast. Uh, this tournament is happening in Australia and New Zealand are co-hosting it. Um, so a lot of these games are really weird times because they are 12, 14 hours ahead, I believe. So the games that are at at 9 p.m. East Coast are like 11 a.m. Uh, for them the next day. And so there are going to be a lot of games that are at like 3 and 4 a.m. Um, oh. So I'm 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 excited for these early 9 p.m. games uh, while I can get while I can get them because there's going to they're going to start to be weird pretty soon. Like, I think even the third group stage game is like a 4 a.m. kickoff or something. So I'm going to are they going to re-air it at a normal time? Probably. But that's not when I'll I will be watching it live. Oh, my God. <laughs> Allison. I will be watching this live. I am not. Because then I can't log on Twitter or anything. Because no, yeah. So I I'd either have to just like delete all my like delete like throw my phone in the ocean or like it's not <laughs> just Twitter. Like I would get spoiled. Like I would oh, get the alerts. I would get the alerts. Yeah. I would get the not just from like sports apps, but like the Athletic or whatever. It, it I get it from like CNN or like New York Times. Like the the luckily the <laughs> happily the u.s women's uh national team is big enough now that they like make actual news when they are playing but the downside is is that i would have to like avoid literally the world in order to not get spoiled it's like basically yeah. like trying to avoid the plot of the marvel movie like <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So <laughs> yeah, I, I I will if I can help it. I will be watching these games live. I mean, those ones I will not be drinking beer out of a boot. I will be watching it from the comfort of my I would own hope home. Not, no, but <laughs> th- though the DC bars did extend hours specifically for this tournament. They even like had to pass an ordinance to do it that they would like open bars at weird times so that they could show the World Cup games. And I was like, God bless. Yeah. DC no. is a soccer city. Let me just say, like, there are things that I like about living here. There are things I don't like about living here. Something that I really like about living here is that they love soccer here. Oh, God, they love soccer. They love DC United. They love the spirit. They love the national uh, team. Oh, man. They, they're going crazy for this World Cup. Uh, bars see, are I don't think packed. New York really cares like they don't. that. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's, just like, it's just like too big a city, I think. Like, yeah. There's just too many people who like care about other things. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of people who care, but they it it's just like it's hard to like pack a bar with those people because they're not all concentrated in one place. I don't well, know. Because even friend of the pod, Sarah, um, Sarah Sanchez, she... Went to an outdoor viewing party in Chicago. I'm like, that looks like so much fun. Like, they had a big screen. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that looks like so much fun. I'm like, is New York doing anything like that? Like, do something in, like, Bryant Park or something. So, um, in D.C., this this was actually mine and Michael's original plan uh, was to do this. But it got, we had the dog with us. And the dog was loud, but it got way too packed. And I was like, someone's going to step on her. And, like, Mm. she's going to get anxious. And I just don't feel, we don't feel good about it. So, our original plan was to go to the bullpen, um, which is for those of you who haven't been to Nats Park before. Um, Nats Park is a Navy Yard um, in D.C. and in the middle of the city. And uh, there's uh, there's a lot. It's very Wrigleyville vibes. There's like a lot of bars and restaurants in the area. There's also this like kind of outdoor like what do you want to call it? It's almost like an outdoor like picnic area called the bullpen. It's just this like wide open outdoor space. There's like a stage where sometimes they have live music. There's um, vendors like in food trucks and like little tables and stuff. And it's like a very popular, like a lot of people go there uh, to pregame nationals games, but it's also like people just go there on Friday nights, even when the Nats aren't in town necessarily to, to drink. And so the bullpen had a big viewing party for the for the game. And there were a thousand people there. The, That's fine. The thing was packed, like shoulder to shoulder people, like going absolutely apeshit. And it made me so happy. Yeah. DC's the soccer city. They like they they're showing up and I'm really proud. Um, I feel like New York would only do that for the finals, not just like the regular games. Yeah, last World Cup, um, actually for the finals. Um, I was in Boston visiting a friend of mine and we went to, oh gosh, people from, if there are people from Boston listening to this podcast, they're going to be really mad at me. There's like a big open square area somewhere that I've only been to Boston like twice. I'm not very familiar. I've only been there once and it was in eighth grade, so I can't help you. Anyway, there was- Boston Common, is that a place? Yeah, like the Common or something. There was like this big wide open area. It was by Quincy Market, but it wasn't in Quincy Market. I know what Quincy Market is. It wasn't there, but it's like this big open area and they had like a giant screen um, and there were a bunch of people watching just like outside in the middle of the city and it was very fun. Um, And I'm hoping that that can happen like the the bullpen is like kind of was like kind of like that a little bit. Um. So yeah, it's a re- it's it's been a really fun atmosphere so far, and this is just the group stage. So I'm really excited for what it's gonna be like for knockout stage. 
um should be really fun so yep go that USA. Is oh and go megan rapino is retiring i know i know oh that's very sad i could do a whole podcast just about how much i love megan rapino um <laughs> i i have her jersey and yeah i was wearing it on uh, you also Friday. have her funko <clears throat> i do i do have her funko it's i'm i'm actually if i look to my right here where i'm sitting podcasting her Funko and Alex Morgan's Funko are staring back. Oh, at me. you have Alex Morgan too. I do have Alex Morgan too. Um, yes, I have Megan Rapino and uh, Alex Morgan Funkos. So yeah, um, I could do a whole podcast about how much I love Megan Rapino and how much this retirement is probably the most like heart shattering reti- like athlete retirement since David Wright for me. Maybe like it's Aww. it's that. I mean, like it's. It's not as heartbreaking as David Wright because it wasn't forced on her, like against her will, like she's going out on her own terms, um, which is what you always want for a player that you've been invested in, like basically their whole career. Um, But yeah, as far as like players who like the level of like how much they mean to me, like, yeah, it's like David Wright level. Um, Yeah. It's it's truly the end of an era of my soccer fandom. Like it was kind of like the first era was like, the Mia Ham era, and then and then it was like the Abby Wambach era, and yes, yes, the Megan Rapino era, and now that era is ending, and now we are entering the Sophia Smith era, the Trinity Rodman era. Um, so well, Alex Morgan's still gonna keep going, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. As far as I know, uh, she's not retiring yet, uh, and she's a mom of two at this point. Wow, I think unless I'm making up, she has at least one kid. <laughs> I know she's one. I didn't know if she had two. <laughs> uh, I might be confused. She's the daughter, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought. Yes. Um, yeah, so that that's the other thing that's kind of crazy about, like, women's sports is that, like, they become mothers and then they come back and, like, play in the literal World Cup. It's well, not. And also, well, didn't, like, Serena, wasn't she playing in Wimbledon pregnant? Yeah. Like, this just mind-boggling to me. That's absolutely like you also have to deal with being carrying a human child and playing at a top level yep it's bananas i don't even i can't even conceive of it no um but yeah so that that's my walk-off win and uh sorry for uh diverting so much from baseball for this podcast but i will be annoying about this for the next month you have been warned (laughs) Linda Surovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, as I previewed last week, um, it, we had a Barbie day at work. And one of them, um, she works in the village. She doesn't work at the library, but she works in the village. So she went all out. She created her, her own Barbie box so we could take selfies in the Barbie box. Um, we all wore our hot pink. She bought barbie cupcakes she made barbie goodie bags um she had little barbies in each goodie bag so and they were all sports barbies so i ended up having i ended up having to trade for baseball barbie but i got my baseball barbie so i'm very excited about that she lives on my desk now next to a lego david wright so the two of them are now on my (laughs) on my desk that's quite the duo Yes, Barbie. And- Name a more dynamic duo. I'll wait. Yeah, you can't. I'm sorry. Um, and then Saturday, we I went to go see the movie with my friends. Um, I had a pink drink beforehand. Again, I wore my pink. Um, and it was awesome. Um, 
And I think everybody should just go see it just because of how much of a cultural phenomenon it's become. But it's also, you know, I think every woman can relate to it. Um, I don't, it's not a kid's movie. I think if you take a kid to go see it, they're not going to get it. Um, or you're going to be opening yourself up to conversations that I don't know if you're prepared to have, but because um, it's so true. Uh, uh, no, no spoilers. I won't. I won't no get spoilers. into spoilers. I haven't seen no, it. Yet. No spoilers. Um, but yeah, Ryan Gosling is perfect. Margot Robbie is perfect. Uh, the whole cast is really more Michael Sarah too. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love Michael Sarah so much. Um, He's great. <laughs> I love that. Like he just plays that type of character so well, because I feel like that's also him. Um, yeah, he's not like really acting. No, no, that's just, you're seeing Michael Sarah on screen. <laughs> um, but like before the movie start, like there were guys at my new movie theater. It wasn't all women. Like guys came. I can. They probably came with their girlfriends, but whatever. And so, like as the movie's about to start, they start going Barbie. Barbie and the whole theater broke out into jams. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I mean, it was just a fun atmosphere uh, to go see a movie in. Um, and yeah, I cried because there's a lot of stuff about mothers and daughters in there, and so you you do get emotional even beyond all the wokeness, if you're gonna call it that. Um, but you know there is there it's very touching and very relatable um for probably every woman ever um so yeah it was it was good i have barbie week <laughs> i'm going to call a success and now I'm, i might add more hot pink into my wardrobe because since i wore my headband it, as part of my barbie outfit i realized oh when my hair's frizzy in the humidity a headband helps i probably should have been wearing headbands more often so now i'm calling it my barbie era because now i'm just wearing the same pink headband to work because it helps with the humidity and come <laughs> september you will have a tie-dye headband yes <laughs> <laughs> but it won't be as humid but i'll still wear it <laughs> so yeah now i'm entering my barbie era and i'm just gonna own it and it'll be fine uh, because i don't want to wear my mets jerseys out anymore right now so i need a new wardrobe <laughs> <laughs> so this is what i've settled on <laughs> yeah i'm just repping like u.s women's national team stuff now yeah, I'm uh, wearing next month so i'm like said i look good in it so i was like you know what you fine, i'm gonna take it you did I'm like the I'm like the Homer Simpson, like like retreating into the grass, like I'm wearing my Mets stuff and I retreat into the Ivy and I come back out and I'm wearing the U.S. Women's National Team jersey. That's me right now. Yes. I'll circle back with the Mets in September when it's yes. dollars for dingers. <laughs> I'll wear like my like Mets. In a, no, I have to wear my athlete logo shirt, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, I wore that shirt the other day. I'm still wearing that one. Yeah, that I one's not that, embarrassing. Yeah, no, I think that's that's acceptable because that's just baseball. So yeah, so that's good, and it's so comfy too. Ooh, yes, shirts are so soft. Yeah, they really are. Um, 
So that does it for the show this week. Um, next week, we'll, we will probably have trade more trade deadline discourse and more tangible trade deadline discourse to discuss. Um, but in the meantime, you can go to homerandapplesauce.com, check out all of our fantastic pods. If you want to support our work, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash homerandapplesauce. Uh, and it really helps uh, us keep the lights on. And you also get access to our exclusive Discord server, um, which is very active during even these days as the Mets are bad um, and a whole bunch of other fun goodies, bonus pods, etc. You can follow Home Run Applesauce on Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram and now Blue Sky at a pot of their own. Uh, <laughs> you can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where oh, excuse you, Allison. It's X now. Get it right. Oh, God damn it. Uh, I'm, I'm not calling it X. It's it, <laughs> it's the it's the Triborough Bridge. It's the Tappan Zee Bridge. <laughs> it's the Tappan Zee Bridge. I'm not calling it the new thing. <laughs> no. Elon Musk, no. No, no, not going to happen. We're not Stop doing trying to make it happen. Stop trying to make X happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> can follow each of us on Twitter. I am <laughs> the bird logo. I am at Petite PhD until the site goes up into flames. Finally, where are you, Linda? At Linda Service. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app of choice. Uh, please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in podcast.